Dun da dun da all right everyone well by that sound you know what we are talking about today welcome to another episode of the lockdown lowdown i am your host misha aravena and before i introduce today's topic let me introduce my awesome panel i have mr alex pope gentlemen long time no see awesome stuff and i have mr andrew stupart I'm also uh, the supporting uh, soundtrack for today. <laughs> well, you, you, did, you sang a great tune, so I accept it. So guys, I am very excited. And before I formally introduce, so we have talked about a lot of things on this show that I love. The Star Wars saga, the Alien series, James Bond, Blade Runner. But this series, this is the series that charted my childhood. This is the series that made me absolutely fall in love with cinema. This is the series that if I was on a desert island and I had one movie to watch for the rest of my life, just one, this is the series be Star Wars, that right? I will choose. No, just to no. be real clear, Star Wars, isn't it? No? No, no, wow. no. This, I love all those, but this one, not only did it define my childhood, it's defined me in a weird way as a human being as well. So we are talking about the Indiana Jones series. Yeah. So uh, let me introduce it a little bit. So George Lucas had this idea in the late 70s. You know, he had the galactic fairy tale Flash Gordon thing going on. And he had this idea of this archaeologist that was part of the Republic serials of the 1930s, these kind of cliffhanger serials. And he was deciding what he wanted to do. And he ultimately chose the Star Wars idea and put the archaeologist on the shelf, right? And eventually, after the success of Star Wars, he was talking with his buddy, Steven Spielberg, who wanted to direct a James Bond picture. And George Lucas told him, well, you know what? I have uh, a character who is somewhat like James Bond. You know, he's always in danger. He's a vulnerable character, a bit of a ladies man, womanizer. Why don't we go with this idea? Spielberg loved it. They shopped it around. Everybody turned it down, which shocks me because George Lucas just made Star Wars, which was the highest grossing film of all time. But everyone thought the budget was going to be way too high with all these stunts and gags and action. But they made it. They released Raiders of the Lost Ark, now entitled Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's one of the most influential uh, action adventure films of all time. I think it is the pinnacle if you ask me. So I'll throw it over to you first, Stupart, now that I've done my introduction, and give us your original or your, your thoughts on the first Indiana Jones film. Yeah, th thanks, Misha. I'm just a little bit taken back that after your hyper-enthusiastic Star Wars episode, episode that we did uh, when this podcast was in its infancy, you're kind of turning, turning face a little bit, turning around and kind of saying that Indiana Jones is my favorite. And then, and then I think a couple months ago, you said that Bond influenced you the most. So it's like, what is it, Misha? You can't, you can't be He's a, a bandwagon. He's just jumping on no, the No, 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 no. You can love multiple things, but I just okay. feel like this one, you know, I, I have fond memories with my dad. He introduced okay. me and we, we watched these ones together. We didn't watch Star Wars together or Bond. So there's a bit of, uh, sentimentality between okay. my father and I'm just saying period. you kind of you kind of every time you frame an episode you kind of say oh this is the most influential one I've ever seen 
No, honestly, I love the films that we've talked about. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I got to give a shout out to that previous episode. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, sorry, listened to it yet, listen to the Star Wars episodes. Um, glad we did those ones. The Bond ones are great as well. But flipping um, over to this one a little bit, it is really an action adventure, um, you know, franchise. And, and what I love about Indiana Jones, whether it's Raiders, uh, Temple of Doom, or even The Last Crusade, is that they're looking for these um, sacred idols, these sacred religious like symbols of power mm. that, that, that rep represent like um, sort of infinite power. And I remember watching all three of them and just being really blown away um, as a kid when I was introduced to these on VHS. Uh, my parents bought the VHS of the trilogy. Um, and, and I remember watching Raiders and that opening scene, I was watching the documentary and apparently the the mountain that they chose when they were when they were scouting was specifically chosen um, because it looked like the Paramount Mountain because yeah. Paramount was the company that ultimately picked it up after you know George Lucas and Spielberg kind of like really convinced them that they could do it with a really like low budget at the time the budget was scaled I think um, slated at, at twenty million which even for the for the early eighties was pretty uh, cheap for the kind of movie that they were making but they made it work. Um, the mountain and the whole scene in the opening um, was, was, you know, the landscape was amazing. Um, what, I mean, there's a, a lot of very memorable scenes in Raiders. Um, tremendous film all around music, also by John Williams, who yeah. did, uh, Star Wars. So a little bit of continuity there with the music. Um, but I think my favorite scene in terms of the reaction that I had was that opening scene where you know, he, you know, Indy's going in to get this idol and it's spelling doom the entire way through because you're like, he's sneaking around, making sure that he's not touching like the sensitive rocks in the ground. And then, you know, him and his, um, one of those local assistants who's like local from the area, like one of the natives is like tasting the, the little um, dart. The poison dart things. Poison, three days, they're, they're after us. So you have that impending sense of doom um, coming up when you're when you're in there the tensions building he's he's working his way around these booby traps um the the um wooden fucking spear thing comes through and you see yeah. the, the his one of his competitors who's deceased because he you know his his rotting corpse is hanging off this off this like plank with spears on it and uh you know that whole scene everything about it like and then oh and then the um the Iraq, the the arachnids, the the spiders. What do you call it? Uh, tarantulas. Oh, the, the, the yeah, tarantulas. the tarantulas on the guy's oh back. God, on Alfred Molina's back. <laughs> those creatures, like snakes and tarantulas, freak me the fuck out. I could never go to South America or any sort of jungle. <laughs> um, but let me tell you, when that scene, you know, Indy's like flicking a couple of the tarantulas off, but then he puts the light on the other dude, and he's yeah. like covered with these tarantulas, and I. I remember looking at that as a kid. I'm like, WTF? And he's like having to shake off all these tarantulas. Oh my God, so gross. And then finally he works his way up to get the idol and he has the bag and he's doing the swap. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the swap doesn't work and uh, everything starts to come crashing down and he's got to run out of there. And meanwhile, the, 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 native, the native dude like, like betrays him and says, toss me the idol, toss me the idol. Um, Adios, and, and so and so ended up ended up ends up getting his just desserts. He gets fucked in a booby trap later. 
And Indy, you know, has to run out of there with the idol. And there's that famous scene where the boulder's coming down. And that's one of the key scenes in all of cinema that I think of in terms of practical effects at their best, physical effects at their best, him running away from that boulder. And then he still gets fucked at the end because all the natives are there with their spears and everything and with their bows and all that shit. And then his competitor is there. Yeah, Hand it over. So yeah, that that opening scene I think speaks almost for the entire film, just setting the tone for an incredible action adventure uh, flick. And you know what? Before I throw it over to Alex a little bit, the boulder scene wasn't in the original script. Apparently, when they were just like you know, like knocking over set pieces, Spielberg just came up with this idea, and they built this thing on the fly over a couple of days and filmed this scene. So spontaneity and creativity can really add something iconic to a movie, and especially the scene when Harrison Ford just shoots the thuggy because he's too tired to fight him. That was supposed to be this big, elaborate fight scene, right? But Harrison Ford was so sick. It was so hot in Tunisia. Harrison Ford just said, listen, why don't I just shoot him? And he did it, and it became one of the most hilarious gags in the film. But anyway, Alex, before we keep going on, what are your first initial thoughts on Raiders? Yeah, I think I think it's great that you mentioned that scene because um, Raiders, like, it really brought more of Harrison's personality to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, we all loved him in, in Star Wars. Um, they were a little bit hesitant to to bring him on board with this because George Lucas didn't want to be seen as like, you know, the the Harrison Ford guy. You know, yeah. every, every movie I do has Harrison Ford in it. But I think we're all uh, very happy in retrospect that he did. Um, it was incredible. Um, really good movie. Honestly, I'm going to say it didn't, it didn't really capture my heart the way that it did for you, but I truly, truly enjoy listening to people like yourself talk about, um, you know, that, that sense of adventure that you felt as a kid watching it. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Adam Savage. I've mentioned him before on the podcast and, you know, you know, I love watching the videos he does where he makes the uh, the indie hat and he makes the he he made a indie whip by hand and it's oh, cool. it's really cool just to to watch that enthusiasm and I totally get it like you know the jungle is another frontier um, just like space or you know underwater or any any of these other sort of action adventure movies. Um, you know, the jungle is something that that is is definitely uh, fascinating and, and interesting to watch. So so, yeah, I, I definitely get it. But, you know, for me, like Star Wars is is way above this one for sure. Sure. It, I think they're totally different kinds of movies and it just shows the brilliance of George Lucas. Like what a creative mind to come up with these kinds of things. But I want to mention a, a couple of things in terms of the character himself of Indiana Jones. I think he's such a great character because he's one of the vulnerable action heroes. He gets his ass kicked in all of these movies and he just escapes by the by the, the skin of his teeth. Very reminiscent of John McClane in the Die Hard series. Like he just he always just narrowly escapes. Um, and I think the audience really loves a character who is vulnerable tenacious but is also an intellect he's a professor i was gonna gonna say that it is very similar to john mcclain where he's not necessarily like 
a great guy, like the the knight in shining armor. He's not really that guy. I think I think that's a great comparison. And yeah, you know no, totally. You know what's interesting is aside from Harrison Ford being a common denominator in a lot of our chats, let's be real, <laughs> like Blade Runner, Star Wars, all three of the original <laughs> Star Wars movies, the entire Indiana Jones franchise. Um, obviously, obviously, he's like a common link between all these different um, topics that we're talking about. Something else that I should mention, and I think it's just the era, like it's just the nostalgia and just the power of nostalgia, because everything that you experience as a child is so much more powerful because you don't have a lot of other experiences yet. So going to see your first film or having your first, you know, piece of pizza or having your first lick of an ice cream cone, those things are more monumental when you do it for the first time when you're little. So I think that power of nostalgia, so some, you know, is very important and, and that, and because nostalgia is such a powerful, in terms of all the senses. So, but the reason I'm saying that is because look at the era that we've, be di we've been dissecting, okay? With the exception of James Bond, which started in the 60s. I mean, like, let's look again, Blade Runner, Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones, it's the 70s and 80s and 90s that we're talking here. So we're really yeah. kind of, in terms of the films that we're looking at, we're really focused on the, on sort of the 70s and 80s. And I, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's, um, you know, characteristic of, of the fact that we're all in this age range that we were introduced to these things, either in the theater or on VHS when we were little. It's kind of what impacted us when we were growing up. Yeah. But I want to finish off on Raiders. Andrew, I agree with you. The first 15 minutes, everything in that opening is iconic. The boulder, the native people chasing him, the jumping off the vine into the airplane and the music and the yeah. idol. Yeah. Um, but I think Raiders is one of the best crafted action movies of all time. You have all the stuff that happens with the snakes, which leads yep. into uh, the flying V fight scene with the big guy, right? And there's one moment, there's a moment in every indie film. I love the moment when he's about to fight the big guy and he's like, hey, come on now, come on. And Indy just turns around and he gives like this gasp of like, oh, oh my goodness. And he goes and he's reluctant to fight him. And I'm like, that's that character. He doesn't yeah. want to be doing it, but he's doing it yeah. because he believes in archeology. span The truck chase, when he go, the stunt work in this film, when yes. he goes under the truck, have you ever seen anything like that before? Really, even since Raiders, some that of the incredible stunt. That's maybe one of the best stunts ever shown on on the oh, screen. The the whole like the, the whole truck chase is just is just phenomenal. Yeah. So. I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on Raiders. You know, I see this film at least twice a year, every year. It's one of my favorites. It's not my favorite of the series, but I think it, it's most people would consider it probably the best because it's what started it. But overall, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic film. Do you guys have any final thoughts for Raiders? I have one final thought. Well, I mean, I could talk all day about Raiders because I really love the power of the arc and everyone kind of you know, just blindly like looking for the power of the art because it's gonna, you know, whatever. Like it's just so, people say it's a MacGuffin but I don't really agree that it's a MacGuffin because people really look at the holy power of this arc and what it can do. Um, so I love that, that sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that element of it, that, that. The religious element? Yeah, kind of religious element of it. 
But what I was going to close my thoughts on this first film and say is, I love how Indy can like escape from, you know, rolling boulders and poisonous darts and booby traps and tarantulas, but he's afraid of goddamn snakes. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like it's so funny that his Achilles heel yeah. is 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 a creature that's native to all these places where he's doing his archaeological digs, and he's like this rough, tough action hero who gets himself, as you said, narrowly escapes all these situations. He's just, he's scared of snakes. It's it's frightfully ironic. <laughs> it's pretty it really funny. Is. I think I, it's I great. Think one other thing that we have to mention as well is the is the gore. Uh, the blood and guts and the gore and you know that's that's something that you don't see in a lot of Spielberg movies not and, anymore uh, not anymore not yeah. since these anyways but but I think that's what made it that much more compelling is that real sense of visceral danger that that there's actual real consequences to um to what's going on in these scenes yeah. um I, I think it was great with the blood and the guts and the gore. Um, it's too bad. It's too bad. <laughs> I know. And and uh, we'll get to the one movie when they cut, they really soften the violence. But I did forget one thing. There's one line in Raiders, the scene after the opening, when all, when the professor, uh, when Henry Jones and Denim Elliott's character, Marcus Brody are talking to the government officials and telling them about the arc telling us the audience what this arc is all about right and marcus brody says oh yes the bible talks about the arc leveling mountains an army which carries the arc before it is invincible and that line i just think who wrote this out oh, lawrence kasdan who also wrote yes. empire strikes back yes. right wonderful writer and i'm like that just sets up the power of this thing and why the nazis want it so badly i think that's a wonderful wonderful line but let's move on to the next film now. So three years later, they release Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is an entirely different film from Raiders in terms of tone and what they go after these Shankara stones, which are a bit of mythology kind of rooted in actual Indian history, but not really. It is a bit more uh, mythology. They wanted to make a much more darker, grittier film. And the big thing with this film, it led to the PG-13 rating because when it was released, a lot of the parents were going, this is not appropriate for kids. And it wasn't. So it took a lot of clout. And Spielberg had this clout saying, hey, can we have something between PG and rated R? Because at the time, there was just PG, G, and R. And a couple of months later, they made the PG-13 rating, which is still around today. So I will throw, before I give my thoughts on Temple of Doom, I'm going to throw it over to you, Andrew, and maybe tell us what you think about Temple of Doom. Uh, no, I love Temple of Doom. A lot of people kind of say it um, hails in comparison to, to Raiders because Raiders was really the first entry. Um, this is, again, as you said, this was something that um, George Lucas had conceived of and, and uh, Spielberg brought it to the screen and it was such an endeavor to get the first one made, ha have the studio take this on, take this risk, and then it really paid off. And, and you know, um, Raiders is, is critically acclaimed. And so to follow up on that, which with this film, which is technically a prequel, um, and the reason being they didn't want to have Nazis in this one, so they, they actually made it a prequel, but it was the second in the series to be made. And, and while it does have to come off the coattails of the success of the first one, I think it's a very successful 
film. And I think the reason is because it's such a different type of concept. Um, yes, we're looking for these holy sort of religious um, artifacts, if you will, in both of them. But I love the, the setting in India. I love the banquet that they have and kind of eating the snakes and all. Oh, that. disgusting, but hilarious. Yeah, so disgusting. But what I really love is when they find the actual Temple of Doom. And I'll say the thing that haunts me even to this day, and I rewatched it a couple minutes ago, is the scene where the shaman guy is yeah. ripping out the heart of yeah. his uh, sacrificial, whatever, the guy who's being sacrificed. Yeah. And it's beating in his hand. And meanwhile, the guy who's being sacrificed is getting lowered into the pit of fire of lava. And as the guy's getting lowered, he's still alive um, as, at, you know, as he's being lowered, but then he's going up in flames and the heart starts up in flames. And that scene to me is one of the most visually horrific and also defining scenes in the movie. And it really, if you do like that kind of thing, it hooks you in because you're like, WTF, what am I watching? But it's so, hard to take your eyes off the screen yeah. the problem is a lot of us were five or six years old <laughs> when we first saw that when i was that age i couldn't differentiate between like real life and movies like to me mm. it was like all the same thing if there were live actors doing something on tv in my mind it was real so yeah. uh that was pretty shocking <laughs> i gotta say oh for for sure well i i absolutely adore Temple of Doom. For the, for, for the first three films, you're not going to hear anything negative from me. But I'll start with the beginning of the Temple. I love everything that happens in the Obi-Wan uh, nightclub, which is very uh, properly named. And the scene when it, an Indiana Jones comes in with his white tux straight out of James Bond, straight out of yeah. James Bond, right? The American James Bond. I think that's a really fantastic action scenes that leads him to finding uh, Short Round and Willie. And yeah. they have the great stunt coming out of uh, the raft and then oh, landing yes. in the snow and then going oh, in yes. the water, which is completely- Was in, that in a great stunt? Was it I, well, a little implausible? A little implausible, but the thing about the Indiana Jones series, now in Crystal Skull, they took it too far, but the whole point of Indiana Jones was embracing your Saturday afternoon B-movie serial, to not take it seriously. We live in such an age where action has to be, everything has to be realistic. And that's an Indiana Jones was not about that. That's why I don't think Indiana Jones can be as successful today right but i think that's an awesome sequence i i love all the mystery that the that the guy in the village sets up which apparently spielberg because the guy actor couldn't speak english was feeding him all of his lines so if you watch the film you can hear the pauses and spielberg's voices there um the set of the actual temple of doom is unreal it's almost like indiana jones goes to hell um, Andrew, you mentioned the darkness when he's drinking like the, the black blood that makes him turn uh, uh, bad. And then when him and Short Round are getting whipped, completely, completely dark. <clears throat> but this is what I love about Temple of Doom. The last half an hour is nonstop action. It is a roller coaster. It is so much fun from all of the, you know, the fighting Indiana Jones, the thuggy 
on uh, the little thing where Indiana Jones is going to get his head crushed. And you have the voodoo element where the kid is stabbing Indiana Jones in the back. And the moment where Short Round finally takes the knife out and the music swells. Every time when I was a kid, I'd be like, yeah. And when Indiana Jones is, is punching him and Short Round's punching him, right? I would always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just takes me back to a time where I'm like, oh yes, my God. Introducing young children to being violent. I love it. Oh yes. man, Indiana, she was so cool. But like, and let's not forget the bridge collapse. Yes. That's such a, that is, and apparently they had only one time to actually film that and they finally got it. But the whole fight on the bridge and the last thing I want to say about Temple, I love, love, love the ending. It's very comic, comic booky. You know, uh, Willie is, is walking away. He takes his whip, throws it around her waist, brings it, uh, brings her towards him. Totally misogynistic. But that's what these Republic serials guys were in the 30s. They were ball busting, misogynistic kind of guys. And then he just uh, kisses her right you know I, I look back at indiana jones and i was like man as a kid you start thinking that's how you do it that that's how i'm gonna I, I have to get the whip and be super cool and and throw it around their waist and, and that's how it's done <laughs> and if you missed it please check out our episode on feminism a couple weeks ago <laughs> i know this is a, a totally but i think temple of doom is, is a fantastic action film really well crafted um i for, for me it's every bit as good as, as raiders and i love this film i've seen it maybe even more um than raiders but yeah a fantastic film do you guys have any other thoughts on temple no final thoughts all right <laughs> No, all right. Well, that's Temple of Doom. So let's move on to the last one in the trilogy before the next one came 20 years later, and that's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So Spielberg wanted to do a father and son story, and it was originally going to be set in a, uh, in a haunted castle, but eventually they wrote that script and then they tossed it aside. That's why the third one took a little bit longer. So they decided to do a father-son story, and when it came time to casting Indy's father, uh, Spielberg said to Lucas, listen, James Bond was one of the major inspirations. Who is more dashing, uh, handsome, um, dangerous than Indiana Jones? James Bond. So they went to Sean Connery. Uh, they said he would do it. He added a lot of things to the script because Lucas wanted to make him a very kind of strict father. So they added elements that uh, Connery told him, listen, anything Indy has done, I did it first and I did it better. So the idea of sleeping with the same woman uh, yes. became a thing. But I'll throw it over to you, Alex, before I give my thoughts. What do you think of Last Crusade? Yeah, I think I think it was definitely my favorite one of the three. Uh, Sean Connery brought so much to this movie. Um, you know, it just it just gave more heart to the storyline. Um, you know, the, the two of them have this excellent dynamic where the father doesn't really 100% approve, like, approve of the son or just sort of, um, you know, give him his appreciation. Uh, like, you know, you have Indiana Jones doing all these incredible feats and, uh, and Sean Connery is never even, never even impressed by it at all. <laughs> um, so I think it's great. And of course it, it all comes together at the end talking about Indiana's mother and her illness and everything. And, and it's really kind of a touching 
uh, a touching moment between those two. It's something that I think the other two movies were lacking was maybe a little bit more uh, emotional investment in the characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was excellent. Stoops? Yeah, no, I love the, I love the third one. I mean, I, I like them all. I think they all have their own unique charm about them. I think they're all really well-made films and I think they really you know, just fit in really well to this, this whole canon of like 80s, 70s, 80s and 90s films that we've been talking about. Like they're just, they're just, they stand out, all three of them as, as, you know, really um, impactful, you know, action adventure movies. What I love about the third one, again, as you and Alex had mentioned, is the father-son relationship. I think the Harrison Ford, um, Sean Connery combination um, in terms of casting was brilliant. I love the comments you made about James, the James Bond legacy. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I guess a couple scenes that stick out in my head. Number one, how they're kind of having to get out of these tight situations together. And so there's the fire scene where there's the fire. I think it's, is it the bar? It, they're in like the Nazi headquarters. The headquarters, yes, the yeah. headquarters, yes. They're in the headquarters and things couldn't be getting any worse. There's trouble all around them, bad guys, you know, all around them. And then of course, poof, the fire and they have to narrowly escape that fire. As you mentioned, Indy's always sort of narrowly escaping these um, just, you know, situations against all odds. Now, another key scene for me, you know, again, remembering that this whole thing is about the quest to finding these, you know, really holy, powerful, larger than life, pow more powerful than life, I should say, idols, okay? And this one, it's the most holy of them all, the Holy Grail, which I'm not religious, but even I know the legend of the Holy Grail and, and, and the legacy that it had throughout history. And to me, that last scene, one of the last scenes where um, the father is, it has been, you know, pretty critically wounded, Sean Connery's character. And so Indy has to, Indy Jr. has to go in and pass the trials uh, in order to actually find the grail. To me, well, I will always remember that scene. He has to walk on the, on the open, what appears to be an open precipice, yeah. but it's literally that the floor, the, the ground is disguised to look like it's literally like just an empty fucking void or whatever. So he has to go, he has to walk, he has to walk through the air he also has to spell out the word Jehovah, but he forgets that it starts with an I because it's uh, it's Hebrew, right? Yes. No. I think so. It's it's oh. anyways. It's some like old religious language. He has to write. He has to write out the word. Uh, he has to step on the stones for the word, and then finally he has to identify the cup, right? And everyone's thinking, oh, it's the big chalice, the big you know gold chalice. No, no, no. Jesus nope. was a humble man, and he was a carpenter. It's the wooden cup, right? Yeah, that's so a great I moment. I love that critical thinking. I love him having to like really think through those things and do the, the trials at the end and get the Holy Grail. Totally love it. Um, again, I love the casting choices and just like them like having to get out of all these tight situations. Love the movie and it'll, um, this along with the first two will always remain staples of my childhood. And I guarantee you, I may not watch, watch them twice a year, like you do, Misha, but I, I do watch them every probably three to five years. 
Yeah, I, I echo your thoughts. I absolutely adore this film. Again, the action in this film is fantastic, but it's a character piece. I love the idea of this father and son who are absolutely estranged, haven't talked to each other in many years because of different principles of living, uh, different ideologies when it comes to maybe archaeology. But at the end of the film, right, when Alison Duty's character, the love interest, you know, is reaching for the grail and her greed kind of brings her down and she falls to her death. And Indiana Jones has the same moment of greed, like, I, I can get it, dad, like, I can get it, right? And as you guys remember, throughout the whole film, he calls him Junior, 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 and he hates it. And the ending, when he finally says to him, Indiana, that's when they finally come to a meeting of the minds and they find each other again. And what, what I love about the movie is that this whole grail thing, that's, what, that's not what was important. What was important was finding each other and establishing their relationship again. And well, I think that that's beautiful. In that sense, would you, going back to my earlier comment, kind of like the suitcase in the spy movies, do you think that the Holy Grail, as holy and, 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 and just magnificent that it is, is it a MacGuffin? I think so, because like they do have to go after something. At the end of the day, they are still action movies, and you have to you know, be fighting something, some kind of uh, adversity right yeah so yeah. i each one has a, a macguffin the ark the shankara stones and the holy grail um but i want to talk about the action scenes the beginning uh shout out to what's the actor's name who plays young indiana jones river phoenix um oh, i think yeah seeing indiana jones as, as 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 a young man how he gets the scar on his chin how he learns to use a whip and yes. again it has one of my favorite lines when the guy puts the, gives him his hat and he says, you lost today, kid, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. And then it transition into, in, into the fight on the boat, which is another terrific action scene. You have the action scene between uh, Connery and Harrison Ford on, on the motorbike escaping the Nazis. And one of the best action scenes ever put on film. Uh, I would put it against anything maybe in Terminator 2, the tank chase in crusade is awesome Misha, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i know alex wants to say something but you know me i can't hold myself back i think i just heard you kind of say like something on film is better action than terminator 2 so i just i don't know what our friendship's gonna look like after this episode i don't know like who's gonna pay my psychiatry bills my therapy bills for this but I think I just heard you say something on film is better than the action sequences in Terminator. So I, I don't know if I want to edit this out or what we're going to do afterwards, but I just- I, I wouldn't just say it's to... better, but it holds up. Remember, I do think the first three Indiana Jones films are three of the best action films ever put to celluloid, right? Uh, uh, this is just my opinion. No, 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 you know what? I agree that they're action adventure films. I think we have to differentiate because T2 is an action sci-fi film. But I would argue that this action sequences in T2 are better. I mean, I think they're all wonderful. But in terms of uh, Last Crusade, again, going through the, the booby traps at the end, you know, only the penitent man will pass. Only the penitent man will pass. And finally, the last thing, the ending of riding off into the sunset. What a gorgeous, beautiful ending. I couldn't think of a better ending. And he got lost in his own museum. We named the dog Indiana. And it's interesting how the Connery-Ford relationship worked because they're only 12 years apart in real life, 
but you totally buy it that they could be father yeah. and son. Yeah. Oh, so, you know what's interesting? You talked about the dog. Did you know that uh, George Lucas's dog was named Indi Indiana? Yeah. Who was the prototype for the Wookiee? That's where he got the idea for yes. Chewbacca. No, it was actually the prototype for uh, Chewbacca. Nice. All right. Well, any last thoughts on Crusade, guys, before we go to the last one? I think it was a nice, tight ending to a great trilogy. Yes. And they never should have made another one. No. All right. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. Let me introduce this one a little bit. So again, I will take this to my grave. The original indie trilogy, one of my favorite trilogies of all time. When Crystal Skull was announced. I was so excited. I remember being in university. I remember being in my little basement flat, 20 years old or something. And I watched the trailer, I think like 60 times. I was like cheering every time I heard the music. This is going to be so amazing. Uh, and I went to see it in watching it a couple of times. It's not a terrible film. Like it's better than the Star Wars uh, prequels. Well, most of them besides three. Right. Like they didn't like it's not a very engaging film. I'll start with what's good. There's a couple of good action scenes. What happens in Area 51? I, I like the idea of Indy being there. There's a good little action scene where he try, tries to swing onto the car and he can't do it. Damn, I thought that was closer. Um, the fight scene with the Russian with with the ants and then they devour him. That's a good little fight scene. Uh, the motorcycle cha chase on campus, that's okay. Other than that, the film is very soft. It's lit um, really badly. The humor is flat. Um, none of the characters are really memorable. Too much exposition, like these crystal skulls. I'm like, it's the least engaging of, of the other three in terms of what they're going after. So it was really disappointing. I Even the first time I saw it, I think I fell asleep in the theater. Like, And one thing an Indiana Jones movie should never be is boring. Like that's like them or not. If anyone says, man, the first three films are boring, I would say you don't know cinema then because these are three of the most fun films I've, actually, I've ever seen. So uh, ultimately disappointing. But Alex, I'll throw it over to you. What do you think of Crystal Skull? Uh uh, I never watched it. <laughs> I heard the reviews. I heard everybody talking about it. I'm like, this is exactly what happens when the Spielbergs and the Lucases, they go back and they revisit their work. And I think that maybe part of it is like so many years have gone by and they've moved on to bigger, bigger and better things. They don't care about Indiana Jones anymore. And so yeah. they're like, okay, yeah, you want to make something and give me millions and millions of dollars? Sure, just have at it, you know? I, I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong there, but uh, I just feel like so much time has gone by that they kind of like disassociate from it. And it just yeah. like, yeah, just doesn't matter anymore. Did Spielberg yeah. direct this one? He did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He did. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little bit, okay, so I'd have to, not that I haven't watched it, because I did watch it, but I kind of feel the same way with Alex, and I know we had a debate during the Star Wars episode how I felt that the prequels and the sequel trilogy with Rey and all that had some merit to it, totally, like, when I go to see the prequel, when I went to see the prequels for Star Wars in theater, like, they're good popcorn movies, the sequel, the sequel trilogy for Star Wars, very entertaining, I sit at home and I can, like, you know, again, have my popcorn, my beer, whatever, and just enjoy them. They're entertaining flicks. I think it's kind of in the same vein with, with Crystal Skull, where 
like yeah i remember seeing it it was a good movie like it entertained me but it just does not hold a candle to the first three um i think they were trying too hard and i think it's a symptom of the current situation with hollywood because we have to remember that you know there's a lot more saturation there's a lot more competition there's a lot more people you know like netflix for example netflix originals netflix is making its own stuff hbo making its own stuff crave making its own stuff so there's a lot of saturation there's a lot of choice we're we're just bombarded with like new series after new series so you know in order a lot of these big film franchises are just being like recycled because it's safe and because it you you know it'll get attention right like yeah for example all, like all the major the major studios want universes and a, and when you have a successful star wars universe or lord yeah. of the rings universe you can just throw out another movie and it does not matter it's going to make a buttload of money yeah. and yeah. i feel like that's all that they're doing with it they just they're all trying to copy movie. marvel now build a cinematic universe right yeah. yeah and that's and that's the dangerous thing is what it does is it, it taints the entire franchise so when we first thought of star wars we thought of this magical three-part series a space opera it's an adventure with a princess and a pirate and a knight in space and a wizard and then the more of them you make, the more it taints the franchise. Same thing with Alien. I mean, you had the first two. They could have left the first two Alien fran uh, movies as it is. Alien 3 sucked the life out of me. Alien versus Predator, all that shit that came after. It's the same thing, man. They, they take it too far. They're trying to play it safe. They're, they're just recycling and rebooting the same thing over again. And we've seen this time and time again. And it's the same thing with crystal skull what a non-exciting film that i don't necessarily need to watch again no definitely i i haven't revisited it in a long time i don't plan to it was very disappointing i thought bringing karen allen back was a waste and her and indy get married i'm like this is the light love of indy's life i'm like uh, seems a bit forced and also this is one of the one characters i don't really think indiana jones works older because it's the Indiana Jones is better because you want to be Indiana Jones. You want to beat all the bad guys. You want to get all the girls. You want to be super smart. It's this it's this idea of like of masculinity that you want to attain almost like James Bond. And, you know, when he's really, really old and can barely keep up with the action, I'm just kind of like, man, Indy, like I love you, Harrison Ford, but I don't know if I want to. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be you. Yeah. It's like an old, old James Bond. Yes, you know, like, yes. <laughs> no, and Alex, I was just thinking that myself. It's kind of like when Sean Connery reprised his role and they basically did a reboot of Thunderball. Never say never again. Never yeah. say never again, which is the only non-Eon Productions version of James Bond where they couldn't even use the same opening thing because it was owned by the other company. Um, but, but yeah, basically he's like, you, you, like, you do not, I love you, Connery, but you do not fit this role because you're now in your 60s. Just like Roger Moore, by the time he hit um, Vito a Kill, too old, man, too old. I hate to say it. And it's the same thing with, um, like, they're, what they're even doing now with, like, with um, uh, Schwarzenegger was in the latest Terminator movie. Terminator, yeah. Love the movie, but Schwarzenegger, like, he has to be retired. Like, they put, a, at least in that one, they put him, like, in a retired uh, Terminator-type role, like, which kind of sort of worked. 
you have like Sylvester Stallone like doing these movies as well. Like, and these guys are getting older. These are the 80s action heroes, the 70s and 80s and 90s action heroes, which they're just like, they're like, ah, they're just gone. They've gone beyond their expiration date for, for the, these films and they're still dragging them out. And the problem with like grinding these characters into dust is that, you know, when, when one of these directors makes a movie and it makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, that movie has entered the, the zeitgeist. It's entered our collective minds. Mm -hmm. And we've all, we've all, in a way, lived this story and experienced this story in a certain way. And, and in a way, this story doesn't belong to the director anymore. It belongs to everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. Experienced it as a child. And then they think they can come back in and be like, well, it's my movie. I'm going to do what I want with it. And then just like totally botch it. Yeah. It sucks. It just and, sucks. And, and you know what? Like anything, if it's written well, can work. I just feel like with Indiana Jones, again, it's the idea of wanting to be that character, right? So it works better you know when he was in his late 30s and in his 40s and early 50s but so speaking of which before we wrap this up what are your as we're speaking right now indy 5 is on location being filmed right now next door to me in england so what do you guys think about there's not a lot of information on it about the upcoming indy 5 film are you excited for it you don't are indifferent andrew what do you think Okay, so get look, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, I know there's not a lot of information, but he is supposed to be like the new Sean Connery character now, right? Is that the idea? Like he's graduated to becoming like the older, more senior kind of character in this one? No one knows. There's absolutely okay. no plot so details. I so I think if they do that, it could work. I think I've been a little bit scarred by, again, I'll go back to the Star Wars sequel trilogy. As much as I love the Star Wars films, um, I think that, again, the more they stretch it out, the more disappointed I get because you can only have expectations so high and then they just get your expectations are not met, right? It was So I think in the same vein as like Star Wars, like I'm probably going to be disappointed with it. I'll probably end up watching it like on some premium streaming service where I pay like 25 bucks to watch it once. And I don't know if it's going to be worth that 25 bucks. Only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, has, has a movie franchise ever released a bad follow-up 20 years later, and then maybe a couple of years after that, they follow that up with a movie that's actually really great? Has that ever happened? I, I would be surprised if it has. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So I'm going to go ahead and place my bet that you guys are gonna be just as disappointed with this one. <laughs> I am going to reserve my judgment until I see it. I know it's under Kathleen Kennedy who you know, helmed the, the sequel trilogy. So I'm gonna keep my expectations low, but again, Indiana Jones is one of my favorite film characters. So I will be there opening night at a movie theater, really, really, really excited to see it. But And hopefully, I know it's going to be Harrison Ford's last one. I mean, he's almost 80 now, so uh, he has no choice. So hopefully he goes out with a bang. Uh, and they, because Crystal Skull was a bit of a letdown. So hopefully they can end the series on a high note. But other than that, any other final thoughts on Indiana Jones in general, guys? 
It was a golden era of movies. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I look back on this and I, I feel the nostalgia. And I also feel like we're, we're never going to see um, movies and trilogies like this come out ever again. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I would kind of put Indiana Jones up there in terms of like the impact it had on me, maybe along with like Back to the Future. When I think mm -hmm. about like just fun, like family, well, I guess it's a little bit darker, like Back to the Future was a little bit more family oriented, whereas this one's a little bit darker, but these are things you can watch with like your young teenage kids. So like maybe 11, 12, 13. And I just remember like watching Back to the Future Indiana Jones with my parents, VHSs, you know, the VHSs in, in, in the, you know, with, with, the, with the three films all together in the set. And it just makes me think about like quality time well spent with my family. And again, that's the power of nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with Alex and I agree with you, Stupart. It takes me to a place in my childhood. It, it defined uh, who I am as a person in a lot of ways. I will always love this character. I will always love this franchise. And yeah, I just love Indiana Jones. So with that, all right, uh, this will conclude this episode. Please, if you're listening out there, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about the Lockdown Lowdown. We have other exciting episodes coming up. And as always, thank you so much for watching. See you next time.